Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the campfire. I'm Tony. I'm Peggy. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer. Not this week. Not this week. Looking to share <laughs> big adventures and help you with great tips, tricks, and discounts. This, this week, week too. Well, yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna share things with you like tips and tricks and discounts. But this week we don't happen to be in a small trailer. We happen to be in a timeshare in Southern yeah. California. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, we are. As you probably remember, if you've listened before, every once in a while we meet up with my family and stay in my mom's timeshare to hang out with all the family and, you know, celebrate another few months of grandma. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she's uh, getting closer and closer to being 101 years old. That's right. And she's looking good. Yeah, she she's really looking good. good. She she was having a little bit of trouble earlier in the year, but then I think someone said casino, and bam, she was up and ready to go. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what is that dude who... Oh, some of you are going to be yelling at your radio right now. Baron von Munchausen. Yeah. Where, you yeah. know, like his adventures make him like go young again. Right. That's grandma. Right. So we also don't need quite as much allergy medicine here because what we learned this last week is that Albuquerque is noted for being the worst city in the United States if you are an allergy sufferer. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, some doc studied it and apparently it's the worst city. And we were out with uh, some friends the other day at lunch and oh, it the was... whole restaurant was full of cottonwood, even in so, you know, anytime they open the door, like it's a, a, a losing battle. So you might as well just leave the door open. But it was just piling up with cottonwood in the corners. It was crazy, <laughs> all the, the cottonwood. So maybe by the time we get back, it'll be a little better. But we just keep taking our allergy pills because we're still happy that we live there. Yeah, uh, although I have stopped taking my allergy pills here in SoCal. Right, right. But I mean, we'll take them. But yeah, we will continue That's to worth Claritin it. for me. Yeah. Another just quick thing. We are trying out. A completely new recording process this week. Right. So if you notice any difference, let us know. If Please. you don't, let us know. If you don't care, well, that's the way it <laughs> then goes. Don't let us know. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're doing a couple different things. So when we interview people, we're doing that differently. We got some different mics. Today, we happen to be sitting in a timeshare instead of our own sticks and bricks or our own camper. So right. the noises will be a little bit different in the background. Well, it sh you shouldn't, uh, in theory, in theory you shouldn't all these hear new any toys of those are supposed to filter out background noise. But fortunately, what the noises that I can hear in the background are birds and wind. So eh. at least well, it sounds like we're camping. there was a leaf blower. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, there was a leaf blower for a good yeah. hour and a half. And they're but. doing construction on one of the buildings. So while we were at the pool, <laughs> they, we, we got to listen to a oh, bunch boy. of saws. <laughs> Ooh. Anyway... Well, we do miss our camper. Yeah. And one of the things we miss about it is the power package that was put in by ABC Upfitters. We get a lot of questions about this now, now that we've been talking about it. For sure. And people say, well, can you put it in our Class B van or in our travel trailer or whatever configure motorhome? All of those things. The answer is yes. Yeah, they absolutely. Can, they can custom tailor whatever your floor plan, whatever your RV type, and whatever your camping style, because some people need, you know, they want to do exclusively boondocking, so they need a whole lot of power, and some people just want that little bit of backup every once in a while, so you don't necessarily need the whole entire big system. Yeah, so ABC Upfitters works with you to specifically design a system to what you're looking to accomplish and your budget, and one of the nice things is they're real engineers that actually listen to you and, and make what you want happen, so it just works. So one of the concerns that a lot of people have is that even with lithium power, and especially because of solar, that they won't be able to run their air conditioner. And there are things that you can add to an air conditioner, like an RV soft start, that will make them more efficient, but there are also 
becoming a little bit more common high efficiency air conditioners. So if you want a system but air conditioning is your concern, you can talk to ABC Upfitters because they can also add additional things like different air conditioners or surge protection or LED lighting. So all the things that help your RV be efficient enough to run on that solar power they help you get that stuff into your RV if you need it. Well, yeah, like LED lighting, they put a new lighting system in our pass-through and it, it's it's fantastic. It is fantastic. <laughs> and they even, we kind of joked around about putting lights underneath, like fancy glow lights. And it was kind of a joke. And we actually had to leave too quickly to make that joke come true. But yeah, who knows? Make that next joke time, come true. Maybe next time we have it in town, they'll we'll see. goof around and put more lights on it. Just we'll for, see. The, the, the rig that they use actually has some fun up lighting on the outside of the rig. And LEDs are so efficient that you could put a whole bunch on there and go crazy. Yeah, but the bottom line is if you're looking for a great off-grid solar and lithium battery package, ABC Upfitters are great people to talk to, and that's the way to, to talk with them. Give them a phone call. They'll actually answer it. My bottom line is it just works. So once you have that ABC Upfitters package, you can go outside and it's going to make you happier. And I'm going to make that statement and we're all going to, nobody's going to really argue with me. No, sir, going outside doesn't make me happy because it just does, right? I mean, being out there in nature. Yeah, but there's science behind it. There's actually science behind it. So our interview today is with Dr. Michelle Kondo from the U.S. Forest Service, and she's going to explain the empirical evidence of science that says that you're going to be happier when you go out side right so put your airpods in go outside and here we are with dr michelle condo today we are happy and honored to welcome dr michelle condo with the u.s forest service and i'm going to let you explain your title and your role there Thank you so much for having me. I am a research social scientist with the U.S. Forest Service. I'm stationed in Philadelphia, so I'm somewhat of a unique. There are a few of us in the Forest Service who have stations in cities or or urban areas. Mm -hmm. Most are stationed in more remote areas. I'm part of an what we call an urban unit of scientists who does research on urban natural resources and their importance in in the lives of city folks and city regions. (laughs) I think that would be even more, I mean, some people who live, like we've lived, you know, in very rural areas and going outside just means stepping out your front door, but sometimes you have to make a little more effort to do that. Yes, right. Especially if you're, if you're living in uh, urban or suburban areas. What prompted us to want to speak with you was you had done a study about the measurable results of being outside. So can you tell us a little more about how you how do you get to study such a cool thing and and what you found? Sure. Yeah, so I've done a couple of studies, and these are all in co- collaboration with so many of, of my, um, you know, partners, and very many of them are, you know, at universities. So I've done a couple of studies that focus on stress responses to being out outdoors or being in nature and, and seeing more you know, green space and vegetation, as opposed to more urban settings, like being on a a street corner or, or, you know, walking down a street, seeing traffic and and all of these things. So, you know, as I mentioned, I am located in Philadelphia, and we have a, a problem with decreasing or declining population over the decades. And so as a result, we have a lot of vacant space. And uh, there's a program here that tries to maintain these vacant spaces. I mean, otherwise they get overgrown with weeds and they collect, you know, trash that that blows by and right. Contractors often are dumping their construction debris. Oh, geez. 
Yeah. So there's a program here uh, run by the Pennsylvania Horticultural Society where they clean and green the vacant lots. So my colleagues and I did a study where we asked uh, residents to walk through their neighborhoods past cleaned and greened vacant lots, which have grass and and a couple of trees and a, 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 you know, a little picket fence. So these are sort of pleasant outdoor, you know, or natural um, spaces. And as well as, you know, they also walked by vacant lots that were uh, unmaintained. Okay. Right. They were just left vacant. And we asked them to wear heart rate monitors. Uh And we tracked their location with a GPS on their phones. So then we compared their average heart rate when they were looking at the vacant lots that had been cleaned and green versus when they were looking at the vacant lots that were left vacant. And we found uh, actually significant improvement or, or lower heart rate, average heart rate, when people were looking at the, the cleaned and green vacant lot. That's fantastic. Yeah. When I read the article, and we'll put a link to the article in our show notes, I read the article and I thought, gosh, how do you measure this? But yeah, that's- how is stress measured exactly? Yeah, sure, so just by heart right. rate is a great... Yeah, yeah, heart rate is one. Um, sometimes you'll hear about people measuring cortisol. Cortisol is something that our body creates with the natural stress response. And sometimes you'll see, ask, that scientists ask people to spit in tubes because <laughs> cortisol can, is you know comes out in in our spit and sometimes you know you can measure it in in blood as well. Huh. I've also uh, been part of a team that measured stress response. We measured mood or change in people's mood as oh. sort of a an indicator of stress. Right. You, you can ask people, you know, how are you feeling? Are you feeling stressed out or anxious, um, you know, versus are you feeling calm? Right. Yeah. We I worked with a group of uh, my partners over in Europe. We actually measured people's um, mood as they went throughout their days in four different cities. And uh, we tracked their locations. And then on their phones, we installed an app that would pop up a survey as they went throughout their day. Uh, These are participants. Some of them would be walking on their way to work. Sometimes they would be passing through a park or next to a park or or a lake or something like this. So so we knew when they were in a natural space. Okay. As opposed to, you know, when they were walking down a street in a very sort of uh, urban uh, paved uh, setting. And then we compared their survey responses. You know, we have these little surveys pop up asking them, how are you feeling now? And there were a number of, uh, right? Yeah, there were a number of choices, like, are you feeling tense and stressed out? Or are you feeling calm, you know, energized or things like this? We found that when people were in proximity to when they were either in a park, a green space, or what we call a blue space, so in view of, of water, oh. uh, that their mood was was better, right? They felt less less stressed out um, than than at other times during the day when they filled out the survey. So that's, that's another awesome. way to to measure stress. Uh huh. That's really cool. Now, have you been able to? Yeah take those people like more to a woodsy or camping type setting? I personally have not, but I have uh, had a look at published research, uh, you know, studies and, and other researchers that have done these things. So I, I can tell you a little bit about what they found. Oh, that, yeah. yeah, that'd that be great. Be so very often these days, you know, the way that we are studying or doing research on the benefits of nature or natural environments for human health is by using these giant data sets, right? So we might take electronic medical records from an entire city or an entire country. Um, this might be, you know, hospital admissions data. 
And then we, if we know where all of the patients live, we can tell, you know, how green their neighborhood is, you know, how leafy it is and how green it is. Uh, and then we can make these sort of statistical comparisons that tell us, you know, if someone lives in a greener environment, is their health better? And using that kind of method, we're finding that, that yes, right, uh, with greener, at least residential environments, people are living longer lives, um, as well as, you know, they are having better physical and, and mental health. But there are also a lot of folks that are doing more experimental work where they're recruiting a group of people or patients and they're asking them, okay, could you spend some time out, out in the woods or in this park? And then can you also spend some time on this busy urban, you know, street corner? And we want to measure a couple of things, you know. We want to measure, you know, perhaps your stress levels or your ability to focus. Right. Yeah. So looking at the research in general, we are finding that being in nature and in, in green space, sometimes we're calling it green space, there's really good and solid evidence that shows that, that yes, that reduces our stress levels, it uh, restores our ability to focus or our cognitive abilities to pay attention and focus. It, it promotes better physical activity. It encourages us to, to get more steps in, right? Yeah. Be more active, yeah. right? Um, it can improve our sleep. If, so if we're in nature or natural environments more, we sleep better. Uh. And here's one that's really important it, that it can reduce loneliness, it can help us feel connected and connect better with, with one another, our friends and family and maybe our, our colleagues and coworkers. So these are things that we're finding in general, but, but you all are, are interested in the health benefits of, of camping in particular. Sure. And there has been research in this area. There has been one, what we call a meta-analysis um, published. That a meta-analysis is a study of studies. Okay. So we we tend to find and draw conclusions about. So what what is the state of research? What are most of the studies finding that have been published out there? So they found and reviewed 46 different studies, and they found you know these are studies of you know what are the health effects or impacts of camping huh. okay yeah so they found in the studies at least one positive you know impact of, of camping or nature-based recreation on mental health on our mood our cognition ability to focus and just general well-being as well as lower anxiety and depression symptoms of depression even Okay. Yeah, so that's a pretty powerful statement there and, and finding. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a link to that that we could share with our audience? Sure. Yeah, this study was published by, by Lackey and colleagues at the University of Utah. Great. I also found uh, a series of reports out of uh, the United Kingdom or the UK that were commissioned by the Camping and Caravanning Club, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Yeah. So in 2022, this group commissioned a survey of over 10,000 people about camping and the health benefits of, of camping. And they published it in a report called the Outjoyment Report. Huh. Enjoyment. I like it. Yeah. For our audience members who don't know, in England, caravanning is RVing. They yeah. Call, they call a travel trailer a caravan. Right. So, yeah. but what right. do they know? They drive yeah. on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> well, they know something. Yeah, <laughs> they know. They studied. You know, they know. Hey, you know what they know? That caravanning is stressless, stressless camping. camping. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> One cool thing about this survey is they surveyed both campers, campers, RVers, as well as non-campers. And the campers and the non-campers were similar in terms of backgrounds, in terms of, you know, male versus female ratio, um, in terms of, you know, all of those three things, socio-demographic 
characteristics and qualities. So they could compare the two groups. Um, they found for the campers that the strongest motivation for camping was feelings of happiness. We do it so that we could feel happy. Right. right. And indeed, they did find that that campers are happier and less anxious than the non-campers, based on the survey anyway, particularly for those who camp frequently. Okay. Huh. Yeah, that was cool. So now we know why some of the royals are so stressed out. I don't think they're camping. They don't go camping. (laughs) (laughs) There are a few other things that I can share from this report. Camping provides... Uh, opportunities to be more physically active, right? We tend to to go on walks more, you know, and it doesn't have to be strenuous hiking, all day hiking and mountain climbing and all of this, but Good. we do tend to, you know, <laughs> get more steps in, right? <laughs> when we're out on camping trips. We do? Uh-huh. Yeah, because we have to go up and down the stairs just oh. to get... <laughs> <laughs> we certainly are not hikers, but we are walkers. So well, we ride our, yeah. our electric and, bikes. and electric bikes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's something. Yeah. All those little move, movements, you know, they add up, and there's a, a big benefit to that. You're right. I mean, just being outside, you know, when you go, quote unquote, camping or whatever, and when you go somewhere, you're like, ooh, you know, what's over there? Or hey, you know, if you're in a campground, there's a lot of times trailheads and such, and you're like, well, I got to go on that. Like when we were in New Orleans and there's that Tamiani Trail, mm-hmm. that was like, hey, let's get our bikes and ride. That's yeah. 31 miles long. We didn't ride the whole thing. We didn't ride the whole 30 but miles. We but. rode a lot. <laughs> right. I think we're just more likely to do things like that when we're out camping or yeah. being, right? As opposed to, you know, in our homes and our everyday lives. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. because you get stuck in a routine at home and camping may right. break that routine, which puts your mind elsewhere. And then you're like, well, might as well go, you know, walk or bike or uh-huh. kayaking or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Are you a camper yourself? Oh, yes. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest in oh, Seattle. Gosh. Oh, Okay. Right. And so it's just part of the culture there. And, yeah. and my mom was born and raised part of her life in Oregon. And my father is from Japan. So both of them had this sort of, we belong in the outdoors. And, <laughs> and we, as a family, we should spend time outside. And, and so they took me camping Great. a bunch when I was a kid. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And we continue to do that now. That's good. Um, are you an RVer or a tent camper? I will tent camp. Yes. I've been known to do some backpacking. My husband likes to backpack. Okay. As I age, I'm a little bit less <laughs> likely to be super enthusiastic about that. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about that last night and the kind of the progression. Like, used to be a backpacker and then I was stationary tent camper and now I've got the travel trailer. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's got to be an interesting change to go from the Pacific Northwest to Philadelphia. Yeah, it, it well, there was a bit of culture shock. You definitely don't have that sort of outdoors culture. In Seattle, it's just there in every view, you've got green trees all year round and you have water and mountains. Yeah. And you can kayak on your commute <laughs> to work by kayak and you know, if you don't, then your neighbor probably does. <laughs> so how do you keep yourself stressless living in a city like that? Ah, well, I definitely rely on my local parks just sort of on an everyday basis. I'll mm-hmm. go outside just for a quick five minutes up and down my little park nearby. But my family and I, we love to explore and, um, nearby the Pocono Mountains. Um, and then if you go, you know, further north into New York, Adirondacks and further, there are amazing camping spots and opportunities in Pennsylvania and nearby. Great. Yeah, that's cool. I wanted to emphasize, I found studies that report that camping and spending time at least, you know, of longer duration. I'm I'm not talking, you know, go 10 minutes outside, Mm -hmm. you know, for a quick walk in a park, but, but actually spending a weekend or something even longer in a a natural environment. Um, When we go with 
with others, with friends or family, it's, it tends to be very good for our relationships with one another mm-hmm. and feeling more connected to, to people. So we also know that the motivation to, to go outdoors, you know, this report says it, that people do it because they want to feel happy uh, because it makes them happy. Right. But so often what motivates us to go outdoors is that our friends are doing it and or our friends or family invited us to do it. It's an activity that we can do with others. Right. We crave that and we benefit really immensely from it and spending time with one another, which often in our daily lives, we get so disconnected and and we, you know, we plug into our (laughs) our computers and perhaps, you know, we have these nice, pleasant conversations, but so often we don't. And the Surgeon General of the United States, so Vivek Murthy, just announced earlier this week that the U.S. has an epidemic of loneliness, and he's very concerned huh. about, yeah, this epidemic in our country. And I'm sure that it's not isolated to the United States, but uh, it was bad. You know, sometimes you might think, well, it's because of the pandemic, and we're sort of still recovering from it. You know, we all sort of retreated, and we we needed to right into our homes, and we lost touch and and connection with our loved ones. But he says that even before the pandemic, 50% of Americans felt some measure of of lonely or loneliness. And it's just even worse now. Yeah, there are so many bad effects of of loneliness, you know, including higher rates of, of early death, of cardiovascular disease and dementia. So it's really bad for us. Some call it the new smoking, um, that, you know, feeling lonely. It, it's kind of like smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Oh, wow. Of, of the, the risk it places on us. Yeah, it's terrible. So camping and RVing, especially if it connects you with others, with your friends and family and others in a community of campers, it's really good for us in that way. Well, thank goodness we chose the right career. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, one of the things, for example, a few weeks ago, we got a camp with a group of friends. Mm-hmm. And those conversations from just sitting around are so much more in-depth and honest than, you know, if you're not camping. I don't know. There's something about sitting around, sitting around you know, the campfire, campfire yeah. or even if you're not at a campfire because you know those are yeah. kind of taboo in some places <laughs> but just sitting around with your friends the conversations yeah. seem more honest and more personal mm-hmm. and just better mm-hmm. i know what you mean because you're a camper because you're a camper and you've been camping for a long time so you have a lot of camping memories can you tell us like your best camping memory goodness well i had the privilege as i said of growing up in the pacific northwest Mm -hmm. and my mom knew or found out about ymca camps okay and she signed me up for a ymca camp on Orcas Island, so one of the San Juan Islands in the Puget Sound. So these are north of Seattle. Okay. And they're, you know, quite remote. And there are, are, uh, I don't know how many dozens of little islands up there. And so I I got to go on camping trips weeks long and and up to a month long camping trip. Wow. uh, When I was a kid and it was really an important experience for me as a teenager. Sure. Yeah, in in feeling and, you know, studies as well. And I I can confirm this from my personal experience. They find that being outdoors um, and active camping as well can increase self-esteem, especially for young Mm. people. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Our counselor sent us out overnight to, to camp on our own. We had to set up our own camp. And, um, you know, those experiences, right, that I was capable of doing that. And and I woke up in the morning, I was still alive. (laughs) I had everything that I needed. And, you know, I was born early enough that we didn't have any phones or anything like that. So, 
(laughs) It was a lot of time just to observe nature and feel part of it. What an experience. Wow. It's funny. I was in the Y Indian guides that was part of YMCA and we did a lot of tent camping Mm -hmm. and such, but we mostly went to local parks. This was (laughs) Southern California. City parks. Yeah. Yeah, City parks where once they forgot to turn off the sprinkler and we put our (laughs) tent right on top of that big commercial sprinkler and we woke up right in the middle of the night when it kicked on that wasn't as <laughs> quite as stressless as they had hoped I no, think. but i didn't have to take a shower that day because i had already the park had taken it for me oh. that's awesome so because we asked the best we also have to conversely ask do you have a worst camping memory <laughs> well i would say I feel like if I wasn't from Seattle, I would say, oh, all the times we tried to camp and it rained. (laughs) I do remember camping in the rain. And that was most of the times I went camping. Right. (laughs) I mean, it just always rained. And we just dealt with it. That's just part of the experience. (laughs) I mean, obviously, I have no idea what vintage the tents were that you used. But I remember the tents, like they were okay unless you touched them. And right. then all of a sudden it yeah. was dripping. And I'm like, wow, what is that with the touching? Now, of <laughs> course, the tents are great. But in those mm-hmm. back in my day, uh, <laughs> yeah. you touched the tent and that was going to be where it dripped in. Right. <laughs> yeah, definitely soggy. Yeah. <laughs> in the mornings. Well, Dr. Kondo, thank you so much for your time and the research. And I mean, basically you've proven what we kind of feel. Camping makes you stressless. Yeah, camping (laughs) is stressless, except for some people who, you know, they get there like anticipating the dump station or whatever. But (laughs) but even that's not a big deal. That's why you take your friends. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Can you help me over here? Well, we sure appreciate your time today. Yes, what an honor and a pleasure to speak with you. Likewise. Yeah, and hopefully our paths will cross again. And until then, happy Happy camping. camping. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. All right, so you're ready to go outside. Yeah. Now you just have to decide where to go. And how to get there. And how to get there. So, do you know my favorite way of figuring all that out is RV Life. RV Life is a suite of applications, including a travel-safe GPS-type system that syncs with your phone. So you plan the routes on your confuser, and then you sync it to your phone for RV-safe GPS. And it includes the height and length of your RV, so you don't end up places where you shouldn't be and end up on YouTube for that. (laughs) Right. So what they do is use truckers' GPS systems. So if a trucker can get there, you can get there Right. (laughs) for the most part. We talked with the people from RV Life, and they gave us some pro tips to share with you. Right. So over the next few weeks, we will be doing that, including this one, that you can do fuel tracking in RV Life Trip Wizard. Basically, what you do is you tell the system, not only, of course, the size of your rig and such, but also how much fuel you carry, the reserve, the number of miles per gallon, all of that. And RV Life will actually show you about where you need to stop for fuel for your RV or truck or whatnot. And then in advance, you can just locate the fuel stations and plan based on price or brand preference or whatever it is so you can eliminate fuel anxiety which would have really helped us a few weeks ago yeah Yeah, it would have been a really good idea for us to have checked to see how far the next gas station was but that's the great thing is that trip wizard can do that for you and let you know when you're going to need to look for a gas station and then you just find you know then you use your other methods to find one but it's really great to have that kind of reminder other than the gauge that all of a sudden goes ding ding <laughs> yeah. dude you are empty if you're not already using the rv life suite including trip wizard we do have a free trial at our home on the web at stresslesscamping.com go to the rv safe navigation tab in our discounts and deals page you can sign up for free and give it a try and see if rv life and the whole rv life suite 
are beneficial to your travel planning. We we love it. We sure do. Well, speaking of going places and, and doing things, <laughs> we're going to go back to an article we wrote a while back about nine things to do near Williams, Arizona, because we know a lot of people are planning their summer getaways, mm-hmm. and you might happen to stay in Williams, Arizona while going to the Grand Canyon. That's right. So one of the things you can do, well, you probably will need to do, is find a place to camp. Yeah. So there are some RV parks, of course. There's the Grand Canyon slash Williams KOA Journey. Which we we did last time we were there. We did indeed. And Williams, even itself, you know, if you're planning to go to the Grand Canyon, it's a neat little town to wander around with a lot of history. And because of the Grand Canyon being so close... There's a lot of neat businesses, and one of our favorites is the Grand Canyon Railway. So we stayed at the KOA Journey, and then we hopped aboard the train and went to the Grand Canyon that way. Yeah, that was awesome. The train takes you right into the Grand Canyon, so you don't have to worry about parking. And you get a kind of a tour guide on the train, which was great. You got to watch out for those robbers. That's though, right. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> you never when know. Something might happen. <laughs> So on the day that you don't go to the Grand Canyon, we found something we loved so much, and that's a place called Barizona. And it is, it's like one of those drive-through wildlife parks, but it's also a sort of a walk-through zoo type thing. Yeah. So we did both. We drove, <laughs> we drove through twice, then we parked and went inside and walked around and then we drove through once or twice more. Yeah, basically, your whatever your your admission entitles you to drive through. I mean, heck, you could spend the whole day driving round and round. And we sort of did because you know every time is different because they're live animals. They're moving around and they're in different parts of their enclosure. So you drive through a bear enclosure. You drive through a bison enclosure and a wolf enclosure yeah so all the different types of animals and you know they're just going around spending their day so like one of the times that we went through one of the little bears had climbed up a tree and was sleeping (laughs) on a limb everybody was stopped in the middle of the road to check out that bear up there so it's a really just really fascinating place and you get to drive around or walk around and see the animals and We just really enjoyed that. We are going to let you check out the article, which will be linked in the show notes with this podcast, which is episode number 202. Right. We don't want to give away all the fun stuff. Right. But (laughs) one of the things you will want to get a piece of pie at the Pine Country Restaurant. Well, of just, course you just will. Do, just do. Yeah. Even if you don't sit there and eat it, we got ours to go and just, it was such great pie. Oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. There's other things in the area too. Williams is a neat place. So if you do plan on a Grand Canyon getaway, put a few days to go fiddle around in Williams too. It's a, it's a neat little town. Yeah. So some of you are just starting out your season. And you're getting your campers ready to start going camping. And Jason at RV Miles reminded us, and I don't think I ever really thought about this, but if you're setting up your camper and your smoke detector is not beeping, then you just think that your battery's okay, right? But what if while your camper was in storage, your smoke detector beeped so much to tell you that the battery was low? That there's not even enough for a beep anymore. Yeah, this is something I had (laughs) never considered. And it was a great tip from Jason. Do check your RV smoke detectors as you're planning, you know, to take your RV out this year and make sure that the batteries are still fresh and that they're working. Yeah. Not something I would have thought of. Right. (laughs) Brilliant advice. Yeah, absolutely. Something else that you're probably going to want to do is dust off those solar panels if you've got them, or even just the whole roof of your camper. Tony, why don't you tell us how you do that? As you may know, and I've said many a time, if you want to know the fastest, laziest way to accomplish a task, (laughs) you just ask somebody who looks like me. Because I don't like ladders. I don't like going up on roofs. I'm clumsy. Well, and our roof doesn't have any room to go on (laughs) it anyway. It's all full of panels. Right. We have so many solar panels on the roof of our travel trailer that there's almost no place to walk. So... I bought from our friends at Almost Heaven Microfiber a pole called a Mr. Longarm pole, and it's like an extendable pole. And then I also bought their 
head that like screws onto the pole that you can attach a variety of different pads. And again, the company is from Almost Heaven Microfiber. And there's a dusting pad. We have a cleaning pad. Then I also bought a thing called an RV slide-out sweep. And what that is, is it's kind of a plastic U. Yeah. And it screws to the pole and then screws to the head. So now you can reach, I can reach all the way up to the middle solar panels on the trailer and... I put on either a dusting pad or a cleaning pad with window cleaner on it and clean the solar panels. But you're saying, well, how do you know if you've missed or not? (laughs) Well, I also attach our GoPro to the top of this pole and I can literally watch myself cleaning the solar panels from down on the ground. And I also use that occasion to look at the seals and all that on the roof of the trailer. Bonus tip. I take a video and then I go back and look at it on a larger screen later just to be sure that, you know, everything is bueno up on the roof. So, again, the laziest way to do things. And we did do a video about that. It's one of my Tony Zippy Tips videos that we're starting to put out now. And that's linked in the show notes for episode 202 of the Stressless Camping Podcast. So could you also use one of those on your RV of the week? Uh, I certainly could. A few podcast episodes ago, we interviewed Ashley Bontrager, who, if you know RV families, the Bontrager family are the ones who started Jayco. So that was her grandparents. She, with several other co-founders, started Ember. And we have been big fans of what they've been doing. And they just came out with the Ember 190 MSL. And what that is, is it's a single axle overlanding trailer. It's in their overlanding series. And it has all of the things I really like about the Ember overlanding. It has the Kurt independent suspension. It has a stargazer window. A lot of people look at, oh, should I buy a bunkhouse? Because I'm going to bring my grandchildren with me or my children with me. And then a lot of times they don't end up going. And then you have these bunks, which, yeah, you can use for storage, but It's kind of limiting. What Ember has done is made a bunk system that's got movable platforms. So you could move the bunk platforms such that use one as a desk or take one out so you only have one or move them all up and use the area to store some bikes. And it's really a very flexible, it's it's unique in the RV industry and it's really neat, but they've plussed it in that the newest version of this has bunk platforms that are good for, get this, 600 pounds per platform. Wow. Yeah. You could sleep four. All of us could sleep up there. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And so that's impressive too. So they keep improving. They are really listening to what customers are asking. And what a lot of people have said is, Can we get the 191 MSL without a slide? Well, notice this is called the 190 MSL. It is the 191 MSL without a slide room. So all the goodies that were in the 191 are here with the exception of a slide. I'm just digging what Ember's doing. I mean, this is... I don't know. If we were shopping today, this would be pretty high on our list. Yeah. I have the full review at our Honest RV Reviews section of our website, which, as always, is linked in the show notes. So go check it out and see what Ember is doing. Let me know what you think. Would you buy a no-slide travel trailer? Do you like this bunkhouse arrangement? And some of the other things Ember is doing is very unique and kind of a lot better. In fact, Truma is using their... Aventa air conditioner and their water heating system that's also a furnace, the Truma Combi. Truma liked what I wrote so much about this RV. They shared the article. So kind of cool. Nice. Yeah. So every week we ask a question. And last week our question was, what is your favorite season and why? This was really, really fun to read. I'm going to come right out and answer because I don't know if I wrote it down. I think I did in response to other people, but my favorite is the spring because I love when the flowers start popping up. And, you know, being from the Southern California desert, there's just 
nothing like a super bloom in the desert. <laughs> yeah, so this fantastic. Year, the rains have just brought the flowers. The desert is popping with color. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people that said spring said it for that reason. But also, you know, the days are starting to get longer. They're starting to get warmer. It's starting to become RV season. So that's always great. A lot of people really like autumn when things start to cool down. And I can see that if you've been through a long, hot summer and things are starting to cool down and then you've got those fall colors, the color changing, also very beautiful. People love summer because especially people with kids, summertime means vacation time. And so that's when they get to go camping. So valid reason for loving summer. Tony said winter, but only if she's in Florida and the other Tony said, anywhere that's not winter. Yeah, one of those Tonys was me. I, I am no fan of winter. There is just not, not for this Tony. So Mike hedged his bets. He said, spring because the whole world's coming alive. Fall for photography in the mountains. Winter for working out the four-wheel drive for photography. And summer for photography on the beaches. So, I mean, yeah, if make you're the a photographer, you make the most of every season. <laughs> also, L pointed out that spring is bird migration season. So if you're a bird nerd, that's <laughs> <laughs> you want to hang out, be outside when the birds are moving around. Klaus said, any time anywhere as long as it's not raining (laughs) (laughs) boy and there's been a bunch of rain this year but that brought those wildflowers yeah for sure ingles said he doesn't have air conditioning so he goes where the seasons are right so in the winter the desert in the spring on the coast and in the summer in the mountains that's like jimmy buffett's song that's right the weather suits my clothes the weather suits your clothes so of course a few of you took a little bit of liberty and said your favorite season is camping season. I'm good with that. And two of you, I'm not looking at Ken and or David, said garlic. Yeah. (laughs) Garlic season. We've camped in garlic season. I think they said they basically answered the question, what's your favorite seasoning? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I didn't even I didn't even get that. I'm a little slow. Anyway, but thank you all. As I said, my favorite is spring. My unfavorite is winter because cold. But you all did give me valid reasons, and I appreciate that. And I'm not going to... To steal from another podcast, I'm not going to yuck any of your yums. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, exactly. You all have great reasons for loving what you love, and I appreciate your answers. This week, Tony wants to know... What can an RV park do to plus it for you? That was a term Walt Disney used to use is we're going to plus it. Take a good thing and make it better. Yeah. And so what are the things an RV park can do to plus it for you? And of course, you can answer that in our fun and friendly Stressless Camping Podcast Facebook group. World's longest name. But also (laughs) world's greatest group. (laughs) And you know, you can use that group If you have questions or comments or whatever it is, don't be shy. And even if you're not a big fan of Facebook, if you have a Facebook account, you can go over there. And really, people have been very helpful and very friendly. So it's it's really a good group of people. And we're pretty pleased with all of you. Absolutely. So you know, don't you, that we have a once a week newsletter. How much is that going to cost me? That's going to cost you exactly zero dollars what's and in it zero cents wow well, that's kind of like me no sense whatsoever no sense at all in it we have links to stories videos and podcasts and things that we think will help you get the most out of your rv experience well and how can i get on that list well every time you're on the website you're gonna go down to the bottom of the page and you're gonna find a way to sign up now if it's the first time you've ever visited our website first off thank you welcome and welcome and as a welcoming gift, we're going to get a pop-up oh boy. <laughs> that says... <laughs> Just what I always wanted. <laughs> Ooh, can there be intrusive ads too? Oh, wait, we don't do that either. That pop-up is going to say, would you like to get our <laughs> weekly newsletter? Now, please know that if you put your address and your, your email address in there, that's all we're going to use it for is to send you this weekly newsletter. We're not going to sell it. We're not going to give it away. We're not going to post it on any public places. <laughs> We're just going to use it to keep in touch with you. And it basically comes out every Thursday to remind you that 
time so to listen to a podcast. Yeah. And of course, also on the website, you'll find the notes for this show, episode 202 on the podcast page at stresslesscamping.com. And also while you're there, you'll want to remember to go to the discounts and deals page for the best deals on things that you need for your stressless camping adventure. Oh, and if you've got a great deal for audience, let us know. Uh, we're always happy to share as long as it's something we really like and really want. So after you've signed up for the newsletter and read the show notes and checked out all the deals and discounts and you're ready to leave our website, but you're really not done having enough stressless camping, (laughs) you can go hang out in all our social places like that stressless camping podcast Facebook group. Yeah, and all the Instagrams and Twitters and LinkedIn Facebook. All that stuff. All those places. So up at the top right of all those pages of the website, you can find those links to jump off and be social with us. Yep, we're saving you a seat around our virtual campfire. Ooh, and don't forget, if you want to share the Stressless Camping Podcast, the best way to do so is by writing a review on wherever you are listening to the podcast now. It really tells those podcast players that real people are actually listening to this and then they have a higher likelihood of recommending it to all of their audience. And we're really not asking you to spend too much time. Just take a couple of seconds, really. Maybe click the five under stars. Mm. And (laughs) I don't know if some of them might require you to write some words or something, but you you don't have to write a book. You just have to say, gosh, they're awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Not that we have any suggestions or anything, but no, we really do appreciate the review. So thank you. We really appreciate you letting us be here to do this podcast for you. 202 episodes now and yeah. and growing with that. Happy, happy camping. We hope you learned a lot and had some fun and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure. And we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping. Oh, some of you are going to be yelling at your radio right now.